Welcome to the USA Today Boxing Junkie Podcast. I'm Bob Vellin, and joining me today is my boxing colleague, Mike Coppinger. Today, our special guest is Hall of Fame boxing promoter, Bob Arum. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good. Hey, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. You're in, you're in New York getting ready for yes, Saturday I night's am. fight? getting ready for Saturday. Uh, we had uh, this morning uh, 80 tickets left in the box office. By as probably now we have none, and so this is going to be a hot ticket for the ticket scalps, for the ticket broke, because there's you know by probably now there's not nothing left. There was 80 this morning. Oh wow, that's pretty good. And you also have uh, one of the great young prospects in the sport uh, fighting on the undercard in Felix Verdejo. Well, Verdejo, I, I wouldn't say the undercard's the co-feature. Verdejo, I, I look at Verdejo as one of the big possibilities for the future of boxing. He's extraordinarily popular, certainly with the Puerto Rican fans. He has the same charisma as uh, Felix Trinidad has. He's a tremendous fighter, great kid, and I think he's going to go extremely far uh, as far as uh, his boxing career. And as far as the superstar is concerned, very handsome kid too. <laughs> yeah, really good looking, like yeah. Felix, feel like Trinidad, and Trinidad is is his biggest booster. They're really close, uh, Felix, Felix Trinidad and uh, Felix Verdejo. Yeah. Um, Bob, I I wanted to ask you. You know, you've promoted most of the most important fighters of the last fifty years, including Muhammad Ali. Have you ever had anyone that's been as polarizing as the last two weeks of Manny Pacquiao have been concerned? Yeah, man. Fifty years ago, Muhammad Ali was the most polarizing fighter ever. And he was one of the most polarizing people in the world. And people forget all about that. I mean, Muhammad Ali was fighting the prevalent thought in the United States about the Vietnam War. And he was considered to be a traitor. We were all pariahs. What's happening with Manny Pacquiao, as unfortunate as it is, is nothing compared to that. I guess the difference is social media, huh? I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. Media is media. In other words, in Muhammad's day, 50 years ago when this happened, uh, a little over 50 years, uh, we had uh, seven, eight newspapers in New York. Uh, we had multi uh, cities in the United States. Most of them had more than one newspaper. So, you know, uh, people got their news uh, from uh, uh, the newspapers, even more than television. Television news was in its infancy then. Uh, so, but people get news. Now they get it on social media, and now it comes quicker, and people can reply in almost real time. Uh, but, you know, it, it's the same. Things change, but they remain the same. Uh, Bob, you were saying yesterday that that you were having problems getting Lomachenko and Postal on HBO, and that basically Peter Nelson doesn't want to put guys on there that he didn't create. 
such as uh, Roman Gonzalez. Uh, why do you think that is? Uh, isn't that a question to be asked uh, Nelson? I mean, everybody who has a, a job is to program a, uh, a network uh, has their own philosophy. Uh, exactly what his philosophy is, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but rather than uh, say something and have somebody say, no, that's not my philosophy, et cetera, et cetera, best thing is to ask him. Has, has HBO's stand, uh, stance with Lomachenko changed? Because they did air Lomachenko against Kosicha uh, in November, which was you know viewed as a big mismatch. Uh, are they changing it with that now? They don't want to show him? I, you know, again, that, that remains to be seen. Lomachenko is one of the great fighters of our time. I mean, one of the great technicians. And we have to understand that, you know, if if that is Nelson position, which I'm not sure it is, uh, uh, the, you know, the other premium network, Showtime, is certainly interested in, uh, in putting good programming on. And, uh, uh, I'm sure that they would be interested in a, in a quality competitive Lomachenko fight. Uh, are you looking to do Lomachenko Walters? Because all the time, you know, I see people talking about it on Twitter. That's the fight they want to see. That's the fight I want to do because people want to see it. I think it's a tremendous fight because of their style. And whether we do it at 126 or 130, uh, that's the fight I want to do. And, and, and HBO just isn't you know, giving the proper license fee for that fight or something? They're not, they're not very interested? Cause... I think that that's something to be taken up with HBO. I really believe that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, people have different uh, tastes and different uh, feelings, and some people feel that uh, uh, Chocolito Gonzalez, uh, who, uh, you know, doesn't have much of a following, uh, deserves uh, airtime and uh, probably the greatest amateur that ever lived, Lomachenko doesn't. Is, is part of the problem that you see, like HBO give um, a slot on the Andre Ward undercard to Golden Boy with Joseph Diaz Jr., who's unproven when you have a guy like Lomachenko and you can't get a slot for him? Is that troubling? I don't want to pick a fight with anybody because let the you know his job is to program the network, uh, Nelson and. Uh, uh, that's his job, and uh, you know I'm not going to criticize what he's doing. If uh, you know, I we believe that the top rank has the best prospects of anybody in boxing, and indeed in uh, ESPN's uh, listing, uh, six out of the 20 worldwide prospects were top rank fighters. So you know. The cream always rises to the top. Hey, Bob, you know, you, you do have some of the great prospects in, in boxing, um, and you've always come up with great prospects. Uh, what What's the secret behind Top Rank's uh, ability to do that? Well, you know, we have a philosophy that we look at certain guys who we think have the ability and the star quality and we put them in positions where they can develop their ability in the ring 
and we have PR guys who work with them uh, to get their message across uh, to the public. And uh, we've been very, very successful uh, because we've picked right with a lot of people. Uh, you know, I can't take credit for Ali. Ali picked me. I didn't pick him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, since then we've had uh, Hagler was one of our uh, first uh, 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 people uh, that we brought, that, you know, we made popular in the sense that uh, we uh, developed uh, his image for the public and he did the rest in the ring. Uh, there was uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Ray Mancini, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. We have an ability to do that, to take young guys, to get them into fights where they learn how to fight. And that doesn't mean fighting 10 or 15 tomato cans to pad their record because that does nothing for them. When we, we have uh, two great matchmakers, Bruce Trampler and Brad Goodman, and they are able uh, to match guys so that they learn in every fight. And if they're good enough and they keep their record intact, we can move them to, to terrific uh, heights. Now, everybody presents a problem. I mean, uh, uh, Terrence Crawford, who's the, another one of our products, uh, Terrence Crawford is now a champion. He's considered one of the great fighters in the world. Uh, but we developed Terrence Crawford by having on, a, on many, many undercards, developing his talent, and then having our PR people talk to him and realize what a tremendous young man he was. Uh, you know, if you don't talk to these kids, you don't realize what their story is. So I think Crawford is going to be uh, a big, big star, much bigger than he is now. And he's uh, featured on this card uh, at Madison Square Garden on Saturday with uh, Verde- uh, Felix Verdeo. And I'm happy to report that as we're talking now, there's no tickets left. So people, people understand people follow boxing and they know what good quality is and then i'm very very proud that on uh, april 9th we have these three great young hispanic fighters on the card who are also have star quality uh, gilberto ramirez who's fighting for the world title against arthur abraham uh, super first Mexican to ever win a super middleweight title if he's successful. Uh, he's 24, 25 years old, six foot two, big smile, very handsome kid, terrific kid. Uh, Oscar Valdez, two-time Mexican Olympian, rated number one at 126 pounds, really, really good fighter. And then this kid, Jose Ramirez, who's the spokesperson, for the Latino Water Coalition and puts 13,000, 14,000 people in his seats uh, in the Central Valley of California, the Fresno area, every time he fights. Uh, he's a tremendous talent. And uh, and then you go back east and Jesse Hart, uh, 
is fighting on March the 12th, and that'll be a sold-out arena in Philadelphia. So these are really great, great stars coming up. And then you get people, fighters that people haven't heard of yet, like Kavalaskis, who's the, the welterweight, who's uh, has seven or eight fights, who is the, probably the hottest punching guy that I've seen since Tommy Hearns. Uh, he's going to be a big, big force in the sport. So yeah. There's a lot of good guys, a lot of good people to develop. Yeah, I've seen him. He's, he's tremendous. Um, he's with Robert Garcia, right? Yeah. So with all these fighters you have, and a lot of them that are going to be moved this year, I'm sure, you mentioned Showtime before. Is it possible that you would you could work with Showtime to get more dates? That way you have HBO and you have Showtime? Well, you know, they, uh, I'm personally very friendly with uh, Leslie Moonves, the, the chairman of CBS, and uh, uh, Matt Blank, the chairman of Showtime. And I think Steven Espinosa is a good boxing guy, understands boxing. So absolutely, we would welcome uh, the opportunity to work with Showtime. You know, Bob, one of the one of the things that sets uh, Top Rank apart from other promoters is that you you have seen the global worth of of, of you know going out going going to the Hispanic community, going to Mexico. Uh, going to the the Far East, you went to China. You, you basically broke in that that area there, and it's it's apparently growing pretty fast uh, as we speak. And 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 like Lomachenko from uh, you know Eastern Europe. I mean that that's that's one thing that uh, Top Rank has really done well, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, we opened up China with the fights in Macau for about three years. Extraordinarily successful. Uh, and on January 30th, uh, this past January 30th, uh, we had a big, uh, fight card in Shanghai, which we sold out. And, uh, uh, the, the television results were outstanding. Uh, 36 million homes watched the fight live. And, uh, while Chinese television doesn't pay any money to speak of, they do give us spots, and we're attracting more and more sponsors. Uh, we were fully sponsored for the uh, January 30th show. Uh, on May 14th, we go back to uh, uh, to China. Uh, we're doing a major show with Rex So in Hong Kong, uh, which will sell out. Uh, and uh, I hope to... Uh, on the card in Shanghai, January 30th, we had the, the, the poster boy for boxing in China, Zhou Shiming, uh, scored a knockout victory on that card, as did, uh, the, uh, Japanese boy who won the middleweight championship at the last Olympics. Rio Murata was on that card and scored a sensational two-round knockout. Uh, I hope to bring both of these boys back to the United States in the spring uh, and televise their fights back to China and Japan. So, yeah, we're developing markets all over the world. Uh, I mean, that's part of the, the fun and the interest of being in boxing. Uh, these Eastern European kids are really tremendous fighters. Uh, some of them are fully developed, uh, like uh, Kovalov is really a terrific fighter. 
uh, Gennady Golovkin. I mean, they're all products of the Eastern European system. Um, you know, with all the fighters that you have, how much is it hurting that you can't match certain guys like Lomachenko and Crawford with Heyman's fighters? Because Heyman's very deep at 126 and 140. And do you think it's possible that you could work with him in the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. The most important people in boxing are the fans. And we've got to be as intelligent people. We've got to find ways to work together to give the fans the best fight. You know, I talked to Leo uh, Santa Cruz yesterday, and uh, he said he'd love to fight Lomachenko. Um, I'd love, I'd love for Lomachenko to fight him. Yeah, that that would be. That I mean, that would, would be, really be a terrific fight. Absolutely. I would do that fight tomorrow. It, it, doesn't Santa Cruz have a fight coming up? He does this weekend. Yeah, he's he's fighting. Oh, uh, good. I wish him luck. I hope he's. If he wins that fight, I'm happy. Uh, you know, Nicholas Walters can fight a lot of guys. I mean, I'm happy for if that fight was available, Lomachenko and Santa Cruz. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that'd be a great fight for boxing fans. Right, and you know, and I'm sure Showtime would be happy to do that fight. Bob, can can you talk about Mikey Garcia at all? Sure. I can't talk in specific because it's in litigation, but that's been a sort of nonsense kind of thing. It's something I can't figure out. I mean, you know, we tried to offer him fights, and I mean, he has... I I just can't figure it out. Uh, uh, I don't know who's advising him or what, but it's sort of silly because, uh, you know, he's lost two and a half years of a boxing career, and, you know, like the poem, an athlete dying young, you know, the the athletes have a limited lifespan because age takes away their ability. So why he wasted, he's wasting two and a half years, I just don't know. But, you know, he can't come in and say, hey, I'll fight Terrence Crawford now. But I want the same money that Crawford's getting. I mean, say what? You know, you haven't fought in two and a half years. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you did come, you did work with Heyman for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, which is obviously, you know, a special case. But what do you think it will take for you guys to work on fights like Lomachenko and Santa Cruz and, um, you know, Crawford and maybe Broner and other fights like that? A couple of telephone calls. Seems simple enough. A couple of telephones. I'm willing to do any of those fights. Any of those fights. I have tremendous confidence in my guys. I think they can, I mean, they're not all, they're not gonna, all my, all my fighters are not gonna win. But I think most of them will. And I'm very, very happy to match my fighters against Heyman's fighters. Do the lawsuits, uh, uh, are, are they kind of getting in the way? No, I think the reason of this lawsuit was because it was impossible to do those matches. Okay. So, gotcha. So you're saying that you're open to it, but that, you know, that you need Al or someone from Al's side to call you and try to make something happen. If you want, you want, the question was, will your fighters fight Al's fight? As far as I'm concerned, my fighters will fight Al's fight. So the question of whether the matches can be made 
has to be answered by Mr. Heyman and his people. Will his fighters fight my fight? <laughs> right. You've we'll got ask him. my answer. I can't answer for him. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's very hard to talk to them, as you know. <laughs> well, you know, that's, again, you got to find a way for them to, to, to talk. I mean, you're going to write about the fact that what I've said is on the half of top rank, top rank fighters, will fight fighters that are managed by Al Heyman. Will fighters managed by Al Heyman fight top-ranked fighters? And they, therefore, the ball's in their court, and they have to respond. Very interesting. Uh, what what What's the deal with uh, Juan Manuel Marquez? Well, he has taken off some time. His knee was acting up. He says his knee is much better. He wants to test the waters this summer, uh, and we're going to do a fight for him in Mexico with our partner, uh, Zanfer Promotion. And then if he feels up to it, we'll match him, uh, uh, at next, you know, the end of the year. Who could we match him with? Well, I have, uh, Jesse Vargas is fighting Saddam Ali for the, welterweight title of the WBO, if he wins, I'm ha I know Jesse would be happy to fight Marquez. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that Marquez can fight. I think that the idea of him fighting Cotto is a little off base because of the weight, you know, and, uh, you know, Cotto is no longer a welterweight. He's a junior middleweight. And Marquez, if anything, is a, is a small, more a junior welterweight than a welterweight. Bob, how, how is the Pacquiao-Bradley fight tracking on pay-per-view? And do you think that it could actually be helped by Pacquiao's comments? Because there's been some controversy. Listen, listen. The Manny's comments, as outrageous as they were, and, you know, for me, I I was offended by them as much as anybody. Not that he has a, not, doesn't have a right to say that he's, not a, that he's against same-sex marriage. That's his religion. That's okay. But the analogy that he made, the Bible person said it. But I've talked to him, and that was a misunderstanding. He's against same-sex marriage. We'll leave it at that. Now, the question is, have we been helped or hurt? Well, we've been hurt because we've lost sponsorship. Uh, we may be helped because there's been an interest in the fight, to talk about the fight. You've written, you guys have written about the fight because of the statements that he made. At the end, probably uh, it's a wash. But I tell you, uh, I uh, deplore statements like that. I mean, people have a right to live the life the way they want. Uh, I. Ha you see that there's a philosophically there's a core issue here. The issue is, in in essence, forgetting everything aside, is the homosexuals say, and I believe that that this is not a matter of choice. Their uh, activity, it's something that they're born with. They're made that way. The uh, the uh, attraction to the same sex. And the religious community says, no, this is a choice that you're making. We're all the same. We're all born the same. 
and you're making a choice to be homosexual, and that's against Scripture. And I think pretty much modern thinking is clear that most homosexuals, if not all, are created that way. And if that is the case, they are not committing a sin to function the way they've been created. That's my view. It's not the view of everybody, but that's behind a lot of this discussion. I don't want to be too philosophical about it. Manny should have not made the analogy he made clearly, and Manny is not by quoting Leviticus, which says that if a man sleeps with a man, he should be put to death. The blood is on his head because he also quoted Corinthians, which is the New Testament. Leviticus is the Old Testament. The New Testament, which says that if a man sleeps with a man, it's a sin, but he should be judged by God, not by man. That there is no reason that you persecute a man because he's a homosexual. This is for God in the afterlife to determine. And I think if we go along with Corinthians, it's we 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 have a much more uh, uh, generous and much more realist realistic dialogue. But I don't want. Let's talk about Wagner. Well, I, I just want I just want to do say one more thing. I mean, when when this fight comes to pass here on the ninth of, of April, there's going to be a lot of people there who don't usually cover boxing who are going to want to want to talk to Manny. How are you going to handle that? You can just tell the truth. Tell the damn truth. Okay. Manny is a decent guy. He doesn't mean harm to anybody. But because of his religious belief, he's against same-sex marriage. A lot of people are against same-sex marriage. You know, doesn't mean they're bad people. A lot of people are in favor of same-sex marriage, like myself. Doesn't mean that I'm a great person. Bill Dwyer wrote a really good column on that today. I I, I read it, and uh, you know, he gets to the heart of it pretty well. Yeah, that is the heart of it. Bill is, you know. Bill is a religious person. I think he's a religious Catholic. I mean, I know where he stands on the issues. He knows where I stand on the issues. We don't stand at the same place. But I think we're two of us a decent human being and realize that other people's views and acts should be respected. Uh, as far as that fight's concerned, Bob, uh, you know, most people think Manny won the first two fights. Uh, you probably do too, because I I remember how incensed you were when that decision came down for the first fight. But you know things have changed for uh, Bradley. He's got a new trainer. Uh, he's been looking good lately. Do uh, you think this is going to be a, a real close fight? I think it'd be a real good fight. Different fight from the other two. I think a real good fight. Atlas is a tremendous trainer. Uh, he's given a lot of confidence to Bradley. I think you'll see a terrific Bradley in the ring. Uh, I think Pacquiao got to forget about this political stuff and concentrate more on his training. Uh, he told me he's going to do that. Uh, he says physically he's in great shape. Uh, so I look for a very, very exciting fight. And I look, you know, the way Bradley is fighting now and the way Manny is fighting, 
I really believe the fight's going to end in a knockout one way or the other. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate you. you taking the time with us this morning, and uh, talk to you soon. Okay, good talking to you guys. Appreciate it, Bob. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Bob Vellen and Mike at Mike Coppinger. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and subscribe and listen to us on iTunes. And check us out on BoxingJunkie.com. Boxing Junkie.